faithwire.com. The idea that proof of vaccine would be required was once mocked, but now it's about to become a thing. And so is Delta Plus. Today's Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. I want to welcome in regular listeners from the CBN News Daily Rundown. We've joined forces with them and we'll be here each Wednesday. We're the 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith Wire. And today is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. And we'll have this story and more on today's podcast. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Joining me today, as always, is Trey Goins Phillips from faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. So I, I have to ask, with, with the first story you mentioned, Delta Plus, is that like... A, a Chase Platinum card? Like, no, it's like Disney it's, Plus. It's like you get, it's oh. like a subscription. You just get it. No, I, <laughs> okay, gotcha. So anyway. Sounds like a bonus, yeah. Right. I know it does. Weird name. But uh, anyway, so coming up on the podcast, we're going to talk about the CDC issuing a new eviction moratorium that covers almost the entire country mm. uh, until early October. Uh, a Christian sprinter, Sydney McLaughlin, uh, has been bold about her faith several times and she just smashed the world record in the 400 meter hurdles. Awesome story there. Uh, and then a U.S. Olympic wrestler, Tamira Mensah-Stock quite a name. Uh, she <laughs> praises God uh, and she tells reporters how much she loves America after winning gold for Team USA. So two really cool stories, uh, Olympic stories coming up. Yes, good stuff indeed. Let's dive right in. Story number one, employers and now local governments are starting to ensure that remaining unvaccinated people will have consequences for everyday life. And you're going to see people's resolve tested Um you know, who don't want to get the shot. So New York is ground zero as Democratic Mayor Bill de Blasio is now making residents there be fully vaccinated in order to dine indoors, visit gyms, or participate in other indoor entertainment. Um, At first it was voluntary by some restaurants and bars, but now de Blasio in New York City, they're the first ones to mandate it uh, by the government. Most places... um, like the federal government and cities such as Denver had required, you know, just city employees and government employees to be vaccinated. And now Denver actually also requires some private sector workers in what they deem high risk settings to get vaccinated. New Jersey, they're also requiring some frontline workers to get vaccinated as well. So you're starting to see maybe the dam break a little bit there. Uh, And as some others begin to take the vaccine mandate plunge, Some employers are kind of following suit. Tyson Foods is now requiring it, according to the New York Times. They're just one. Uh, But this and other mask mandates returning in several places comes despite the fact that the odds of vaccinated people catching and spreading the virus is still relatively low, pretty extremely low, actually. And any spread is now that's happening is largely among unvaccinated people. And so this has vaccinated people wondering, why do we get vaccinated if we're going to get punished for it? It also has unvaccinated people wondering why they're getting punished for willfully making their own decision to not get vaccinated. Uh, That's just a choice they're making. Um, But not every city is ready to take the plunge. The mayor of Boston said uh, they won't be following New York's lead and claiming uh, the mayor there, Kim Janey, the acting mayor, claimed that the move is reminiscent of slavery and birtherism. Uh, Janie's the first woman and the first black Bostonian to hold the office. And 
Uh, she said there's a long history in the United States of people needing to show their papers when asked about it. She's she's not against the vaccine. She's uh, been and she's you know not some crazy Republican as the media often likes to highlight, like like they would single out someone like Ron DeSantis. Uh, and label him right wing and and things of that nature. Uh, no, she she appears to be, um, you know, not at all aligned with the politically right, and still is 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 concerned about these vaccine mandates. And um, she's still been vocal about trying to get people to get the vaccine. She wants more people vaccinated, but she does still see a big problem with the government enforcing it. And so, hmm. so that's the situation there. You're starting to see an increase in momentum. Uh, as Bill de Blasio, as a known progressive, is the first one to take the mandate plunge from the government. And we'll see if more people follow suit. Um, and we'll keep you updated on that. As for the new headlines about the Delta Plus variant, you may have you may have heard about that. It was first identified in Europe back in March. It's uh its real name is B.1.617.2.1. Of course, as everyone knows it, uh, but it's been it's popped up in a few countries, the UK, the US and India. But India only had 70 cases so far, England 39. And while Delta Plus cases have in the small, small sample they've been able to look at, um, the experts still say they need way more to know for sure. There has been a bit more in younger people, but it's also shown that the antibodies from those who are vaccinated are still effective against that variant. So there's just not enough new inf- new information there to really make a determination. But, you, of course, you're seeing all the scare headlines in the media. And um, and let's not forget, as I mentioned just a minute ago, that it's extremely low risk for people that are you know vaccinated to, to get the virus and spread it around. Less than 0.1% of vaccinated Americans tested positive for COVID-19. And of the 164 million vaccinated Americans, uh, 125,000 have tested positive for breakthrough infections and 0.001% have died. That's according to CC, uh, CDC data. So so while the breakthrough cases have got, gotten a lot of media attention, the Delta variant, the numbers show that the pandemic, you know, you know, the, the coronavirus is still just really a threat for unvaccinated people who have made that choice on their own and and have plenty of options to get it if they want. So what's the left saying here? Well, the left are increasing these calls for the mandate. You're seeing them get antsy and saying, we we got to just do it. Um, And now the debate has turned into one of a moral debate. Getting vaccinated is the good moral choice. Being unvaccinated is selfish and harming others. That is a general tone you're seeing from the left. What's the right saying? The right is saying, as the just as the numbers mentioned and underscore, the threat is overwhelmingly to the unvaccinated. And while there's nothing wrong with the government trying to um, make the case that people should get vaccinated, they see a problem with it being mandated and forced. Um, that is a loss of freedom, any way you underscore it. So why does it matter? It matters because we are, I mean, Trey, I think we're teetering on a society here whose government is dangerously close to taking a great leap forward in terms of control over our lives. And um, yeah. they're more and more, they're viewing it like it's their job to micromanage what they feel are good choices and bad choices for society. And so I think that's a dangerous road to go down. 
Yeah, and you know, I want to take a, a quick trip down memory lane, if we can, Dan. <laughs> uh, so, um, if you remember okay. last year, uh, when when the mask mandates were first coming out, yeah. uh, there were several anecdotal studies, some in the United States, some in other countries around the world, uh, saying that masks are really not that effective at preventing infection. And all of those anecdotal studies were immediately dismissed because it was like, you can't take, people said, you can't take an anecdotal study and say that that's proof of anything. Uh, It's just, you know, it has to be something that's peer reviewed and studied over time and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's just not something that you can say and, and, and claim that to be accurate. So that was all dismissed and we all wore masks anyway, as everybody knows. So then Last week, the CDC issues their update on vaccinated people need to wear masks. And then, you know, there was some back and forth over where's the data, where's the data to back any of this up. Uh, And then one study, the CDC finally releases one small anecdotal study out of Massachusetts that says this is why everybody who's vaccinated needs to be wearing masks again. One study, one, one study, small yeah, anecdotal it, study, yeah. uh, and there's there's a lot of issues with that one study too. It's a really small sample, I believe, less than a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden now, anecdotal studies are okay, like it, and only one anecdotal study, not even several, just one study uh, is okay for the CDC to make this decision. Yet anybody who pushed back against masks in 2020. Uh, citing studies was, no, you can't do that because that's an anecdotal study. Yeah. Uh, so it's the standard just changes so quickly mm-hmm. depending on on who we're talking about. And I say all that to say, I wanted to bring up one study that Nate Silver, uh, he tweeted this out this morning. He said, here's a study from the UK with a much larger sample, around 50,000 vaccinated people, that shows that the vac- vaccinated people actually carry a lower viral mm. load. Uh, than people who are unvaccinated, uh, whereas the Massachusetts study said that people who are vaccinated carry a huge viral load, and that was why we need to be careful. Right, know, yeah, that, and Fauci. Again. I mean, Fauci went on right away and saying, well, we, we don't know what it means yet, but look at this, a high viral load, we're scared, everybody needs to mask up. They used right. it for the justification, and so it really makes you question, what is the motivation here? What do they really want to do? Because, yeah. uh, you know, and people, have and I've said this before, You know, people say, we're just going to follow the science. I I feel like that is a misguided. That's not what a leader should do. A president should not just say, I'm going to do whatever the scientists tell me, because number one, you never get a consensus, a full consensus from quote unquote science. There's going to be different opinions. There's going to be, you know, uh, different risk associations. What a leader does is take the information that they that the scientists give them and then make a decision from there. Factoring in all of the other things, the economy, our freedoms, you know, you've got to factor in all those things. You can't just say, listen to the science and then what do we need you for then? We don't need you to be in there if you're just going to listen to whatever Fauci says and just go along with it. I mean, that's just that's not leadership. Yeah. So here's an example. I have, I have a family member who's had some heart issues and they has, they're completely healthy, but have had some, some surgeries that they've had to have done and are on medications for, for treating heart disease. Uh, and he had, uh, he was on a medication that was really a high dosage. It was working for what he needed for his heart problem. Uh, but then he went to have his regular physical and his blood work done. And his doctor said, why are your numbers so off right here? And then he said, oh, I'm taking this medication. And then she looked at the, the dose. She said, your dosage is so high. Uh, and then uh, the person said, well, why is it? Why, why is the dosage so high? Like, wouldn't they have thought about all these other 
uh, issues. Uh, and she said, no, you know, a heart doctor, the only thing they care about is the heart. <laughs> Uh, so the doctor is just treating the heart issue. He's not accounting for all the other things and maybe the <laughs> side effects that might come with that. He's doing his job and just treating the heart issue. So the point I'm making is that's what a scientist is going to do. That's what a doctor mm-hmm. is going to do. So for Biden to say, well, I'm just going to do whatever the doctors say. Okay, well, a doctor is only looking with you know <laughs> tunnel vision. Right. Like they're just looking at how to keep infections as low as possible. Right. So if right. you're going to base your entire decision-making process just We'd on never this go one out. thing, We'd never go you're going to... Right. You're going to sacrifice literally everything else. Uh, You know, a a good president, a good leader is going to, like you said, Dan, take take that into consideration, but is going to consider all of the factors and all of the moving parts of this. Uh, And so to make a decision based solely just on, well, this is what the medical experts say. It's like, well, there's a whole lot of other things going on here. Uh, you can't just take one expert, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, on one issue uh, and and extrapolate that out into entire yeah. policy decisions. Yeah. Uh, frustrating. Yep, indeed. All right. Well, I know we got more uh, on yes. COVID coming up here in story two. <laughs> so story number two. So just after the initial pandemic-induced eviction moratorium expired recently, uh, the CDC, a body of unelected doctors and researchers, uh, <laughs> has issued a new ban on evictions slated to last until at least October 3rd. Uh, so the decision announced late yesterday will allow millions of people to stay in their housing, even if they don't pay their rent or utilities The moratorium covers areas where about 90% of the country's population lives, according to the Associated Press. So the CDC's action comes after President Biden had allowed the prior moratorium to come to an end, arguing the Supreme Court had indicated that re-upping such a ban without Congress would be unconstitutional. That, of course, did not sit well with Biden's fellow Democrats. So when the Supreme Court allowed the initial eviction ban to remain in place by five to four vote, Justice Brett Kavanaugh said at the time uh, that it would require an act of Congress to extend it in the future because just extending it unilaterally again uh, would uh, break the Constitution. Uh, So yesterday, Biden said the courts made it clear that the existing moratorium was not constitutional. So a new one wouldn't stand, he said. The president said that yesterday afternoon. Uh, and then, as if he had said nothing, the CDC extended its ban anyway, just hours later. So what's the left saying? Well, leftist lawmakers like Cory Bush and AOC and Elizabeth Warren, uh, they were outside the Capitol yesterday celebrating the CDC's unilateral policy order. Uh, Bush, Ilhan Omar, and Ayanna Presley, uh, they actually slept outside the Capitol building last Friday night uh, in protest of the end of the initial eviction moratorium. Uh, so needless to say, the left was uh, was very happy to see it extended. Uh, what's the right saying? Well, conservative uh, lawmakers and just prognosticators, they've pushed back against the policy, noting just how unconstitutional it is in their opinion for the CDC uh, to be setting such major uh, economic policy. So last fall, under the first moratorium, libertarian journalist Brad Palumbo, he tweeted, uh, or he wrote, I should say, from draconian lockdown powers, uh, to taking over the rental housing market, it's extremely unlikely our elected officials will cede all the authority they've seized during the pandemic. And the National Review writer, Alexandra Marr, she tweeted this morning uh, that she has endless faith in the ability of the government bureaucrats and leftists to get what they want, uh, referring to the fact that it doesn't matter that it's unconstitutional. Uh, she said that uh, a lot of our, our officials will, will do what they want regardless of mm. that. 
So why does it matter? There seems to be a pattern here, Dan, and I think if we're not careful, it's going to start stepping on other rights, uh, including religious liberties, which I think is something Christians, of course, need to be concerned about. The pattern is that our politicians and media seem to work us into a panic. And then once we're scared, uh, our lawmakers, our our bureaucrats, they put some unconstitutional rule or mandate in place, such as this moratorium. uh, And we don't even notice, or some of us don't seem to care that it's illegal uh, because we're just so scared. We're just so caught up in in the fear uh, that our media has pushed out, that our politicians have pushed out, uh, that that we're letting our rights be kind of stepped on. And, And I'm I'm afraid that we're eventually going to wake up after we've had all of these different, you know, different liberties suppressed. We're going to wake up and say, well, how did we get here? Yeah. It's like, well, you know, we we decided to let our our decision making process be entirely based in fear fear. for about two years. Yeah. And and look, this is a society that is bathed in the relative comfort of economic prosperity and freedom for decades now, centuries and so when you have people, I mean, and you can see the result of that with people trying to find grievances constantly uh, yeah. and you've, you they invent grievances because we're so, you know, comfortable. And re- when I say well off, I don't mean everyone's rich. I just mean compared to the rest of the world, you know, it's not hard to find a meal around here. Um, yeah. You know, again, not to say that no one's struggling. That's not what my argument here. My argument is that relatively compared to the rest of the world, America is a great, great place to live. You're not going to have the basic you know, problems that a lot of people have. And so then you come in and you argue that. And so they're willing to give up freedom because they haven't lived without it. That's why you see people that come from other countries like Cuba uh, that don't have the level of freedom they have, they're like, whoa, whoa, this is not good, guys. Don't do that. Their their alarm bells are going off because they've lived it and we haven't. Yeah. And so people here are willing to, the moment they get scared, they're like, oh, just, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Just show that, just take the jab. Just take the jab. I don't want to have them. And again, what is the threat? What's yeah. the threat? The threat is the government shutting you down. So it's the government creating the threat we're going to have to shut you down again. We're going to have to close all the businesses. No, you don't. You you actually don't have to do that. People yeah. can make their own choices. I mean, the, the one fear-mongering thing, Trey, that they got for everyone to be go along with this stuff was that the hospitals were going to be overwhelmed. They painted this picture that the hospitals were going to be overwhelmed, and yeah. they weren't. Now, again, that was, a le- I think at the time, a legitimate concern. It, we, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going to happen. So... Yeah. It was a legitimate concern, but you know, you'd think a couple months go by, and then, you, but then that gave them the, the the opening, foot in the door, and the bureaucrats take over. and And I agree with that quote there from Alexandra. You know, the 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 government bureaucrats, man, they give them an inch, they are going to take a mile because now they believe it's on them to control every aspect of our life to make sure we don't get a boo boo. Yeah, and I mean, we have to remember that that these politicians who are putting these policies in place who are enacting these draconian lockdowns or restrictions or whatever none of them are beholden to the rules no, that they're putting in place never do it uh, obama's so, having you know, his big party today his exactly. big birthday party with lots of people 600 people there at his house they're not worried about the the uh, virus spreading apparently 
Yeah. So, you know, these policies are put in place in order to to make us more beholden. They promise these things, uh, you know, to people who feel that they they're they're victims or they've missed out or, you know, whatever. Some of them are legitimate grievances, but we have politicians who are promising things that they know they can't deliver just to keep you voting for them over and over and over again. Uh, And then, like I just said, whatever they put in place, it doesn't matter for them because they're not going to be beholden to it. Uh, And even if they should be, we saw last year, uh, so many politicians who were, who were talking about how scared and how, how serious this pandemic was uh, and then going out to dinner, you know, I'm talking to Gavin Newsom <laughs> yeah. or Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, going you know, whatever. To, yeah. They're going Nancy out and Pelosi. doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's a uh, do as I say, not as I do. So, exactly. all right. That was a lot of uh, COVID information, but there is a lot <laughs> going on with it. So we, we wanted to get that to you. But now we've got a couple good stories to end on here, Trey. Uh, yes. We'll get through them quickly, but uh, I know these are great ones. Um, U.S. Olympian Sydney McLaughlin, we've been waiting for her run um, after seeing her faith on display when she qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. She won the gold medal, setting a world record last night uh, in the women's 400-meter hurdles. Um, man, she had a 51.46. I don't think I can go anywhere in 51 51- point four six seconds but um she's doing it over hurdles and then here's here's what she said after right after the uh, victory when she was being interviewed just trusting the process giving the glory to god uh, it's all this season hard work dedication and just really grateful to be able to represent my country in this opportunity so even out of breath giving glory to god there great stuff and before the race she'd quoted uh, the bio, uh, the bible verse about how iron sharpens iron and she's referring to uh her american teammate uh, delilah muhammad who came in second, earning silver. Um, and so she has talked about her faith, Trey, and we've, we've mentioned this. She said, I see myself, this was before the Olympics, she said, I see myself impacting the lives of others by living by example through my actions and kindness beyond being mm-hmm. a great athlete. I want to be known as a good person of strong faith and integrity. Uh, and her on her Instagram bio, it, says, it just says, Jesus saved me. And um, as I said, she's often posting about her faith. So obviously not a left-right issue there, but just want to point to another great example of someone on a big platform using it to point people towards God, something we always like to celebrate here. Yeah, for sure. And she's had such a cool, the arc of her story over the last yeah. week or so competing has been really cool. Literally, it seems that at every single instance that she gets any sort of press attention, she uses it to highlight yeah. her faith. She talks about, you know, she shows that she's proud of her country. She's, you know, wearing the flag around her shoulders. Um, so it's just, I, I think it's important to highlight these stories because I think that they are more the rule uh, than, than the people who are really, you know, down on America or uh, who seem really self-centered in their, in their victory speeches or, you know, whatever. I think that the, they're kind of the exception uh, and that the vast majority of our Olympians are just are really proud to represent uh, our country. So, yeah. Uh, and obviously the, the more important thing, as you highlighted, is just her talking about her faith and being so openly proud of, of what she believes in and who she believes in. So uh, it's it's really cool. And I always hope that that maybe somebody who uh, was kind of on the fence about God, uh, maybe heard and maybe as a big, you know, a big Olympics fan, whatever, might have heard what she says or what any of the other Christian Olympians say. And maybe that sparked their interest. Yeah. And, and they started talking to to maybe Christians in their own lives. Uh, and, and hopefully it sparks change uh, in people, because I know that's certainly what McLaughlin as a believer, I'm certain that's what she wants to do is when, you know, using her opportunity to share her faith, not just to share her faith 
for that sake, but to, yeah. to share it in hopes that it'll change someone else's life too. Yeah, totally. Just uh, love so, to see it. And we got another one, <laughs> even yes. better one. So story number four. So American Olympic wrestler Tamira Mensa Stock, she heaped praise on the United States and then expressed her gratitude to God after she won her first gold medal ever in the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Mensa Stock, she's 28. Uh, she made history yesterday when she became only the second woman and the first black woman uh, to win an Olympic wrestling gold medal for Team USA uh, in the women's 60 kilogram freestyle final. Uh, she credited God's grace for her success uh, and joyfully talked about how proud she is to represent the United States. So here's uh, one of her exchanges with reporters right after her victory. I was going to say tears of joy. Let me ask you this. You started wrestling in the 10th grade. You are now an Olympic gold medalist. Describe the ride. Uh, why? Because I knew I could do it. When I first started wrestling, I felt that I could be an Olympic champ. So I kept going. I did it. Sam, right you did. Tamara, I know you lost your father in high school. How do you think he would be responding right now, seeing you on top of the podium here, coming up? <laughs> he would have been the loudest one here. He would be so proud. He would be so happy. <laughs> He's from Ghana too. He don't say this out loud, but like he he like he was like enemies in Nigeria. So it's kind of like poetic that I had to wrestle Nigeria in the finals. He's from Ghana, so that was kind of cool. For women, wrestling has only been an Olympic sport for all, not even two decades. You are the second American yeah. runner to win gold. What does this mean for the popularity of the sport and for all the young girls out there that are going to see you and feel inspiration? It means that they see someone like themselves on that podium someone like helen on that podium showing them just because you're a female it doesn't mean you can't accomplish the biggest of goals and the being an olympic champ is one of the hardest things i have ever done in my entire life and i can say it's well worth it and i can't wait to be at home with my husband and my dogs celebrating with them <laughs> So super, super cool. And then during uh, one other clip, she says, I love representing the United States. I love living here. Uh, I love it. And I'm so happy to get to represent uh, the United States. She talked about that it's by God's grace that she's even able to to, yeah. to use her feet, is what she said in, <laughs> in one of the other videos. So just I was super, super cool. And like her story that she just talked about there, uh, about how, her, you know, her own journey to being uh, an Olympian, uh, is just super cool. I mean, yeah. just there, there's just I, I don't know. There's no other way to put it. And it's just well, a really, and, really cool story. Yeah, and then the other part about it was you could hear the emotion in her voice, but what you couldn't see when you're listening to it is she's got the flag draped around her. She's yeah. you know she's very thankful, as you mentioned her her clip. Obviously, that clip didn't have it there, but <clears throat> but the the talking about the country, talking about her faith. Um, very proud of the country and and to represent the country. And I think that's like a lot of people haven't been watching because they were just, eh, these people are ingrates who don't want to, you know, celebrate <laughs> the country like that they that they live in. And so, yeah. And so I think to see that 
it's almost like jarring in a way, but like you said, is is really great to see, and um, for sure, you know, and congrats to her. I mean, you know, just just an awesome accomplishment. So, all right, good stuff there. That's all the time we have for this episode of Four and Three. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes, subscribe, leave a rating, and. As always, go on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. Make them daily stops for more news with a Christian perspective. God bless. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you back here tomorrow.